remember the prom. You got so thin by then. I was so lucky getting mono. That was like the best diet ever. Meet Romy and Michelle. Remember that time I barfed from really bad Mexican food? So gross. I hate throwing up in public. Oh, me too. Oh. They walk the walk. God, this underwear is totally riding up my butt. <laughs> they talk the talk. Romy, did you lose weight? All I've had to eat for the past six days are gummy bears, jelly beans, and candy corn. God, I wish I had your discipline. But at their high school reunion... Are you going? I'd rather put this out in my right eye. Um, okay. <laughs> they'll be in a class by themselves. We can go to the reunion and just pretend to be successful. Oh, my God. From this point on, we are sophisticated, successful career women. Which one of these guys will I have sex with at the reunion? Touchstone Pictures presents... Oh, oh, oh. That hurt, but it looked really good. Mira Sorvino. You have absolutely no proof that you're cuter. Okay, who lost their virginity first? Oh, big wow with your cousin Barry. I wouldn't brag about it. Lisa Kudrow. I'm sorry, I couldn't find my top. In a story of the blonde. But this is to remind you of... Leading the blonde. Oh, I know. This lady is totally sick. Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. And what are you picking on us for? Anyway, we are not the ones who got fat. We're pregnant, you half-wit. Well, I hope your babies all look like monkeys. <laughs> All right, welcome to the show. These are the movies that made us gay. Woo! Yes! All right, boys and girls, welcome to the very first, the premiere, the inaugural episode of this lovely podcast. Guys, my name is Pete. With me, as always, is Scott. Scott, how are you doing? Hello, Pete. I am so excited. <laughs> this is like this is like the opening. This is like the ship going away of movies that made us gay and we're 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 breaking a big champagne bottle yeah, we've got a christen and this, it's going out to sea yeah we got a christen this bad boy uh we've got some sylvester playing in the background for you guys you can uh get your life with, with this awesome song <laughs> well like i said these are the movies that made us gay guys this is a really fun podcast this is a brainchild of ours that we've had for a long time and uh in this podcast we're going to watch movies from our past that shaped our little gay boy lives, everybody. Uh, pretty much, if we had no business watching it, we watched it on repeat. Uh, if there was a dramatic speech given by a big, spree, big screen a diva, we memorized that speech and we performed it back to ourselves in the bathroom mirror nightly. Hallelujah. <laughs> These are the movies that made us gay. Uh, Scott, we watched Romeo and Michelle today. We watched Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion, a movie that I held very... Very close to my little gay boy heart oh, growing course. up as a kid. And yeah, Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion from 1997, directed by David Mer- uh, Merkin, written by Robin Scheif, and starring Lisa Kudrow and Mira Sorvino. Yeah, I think it's David Merkin and Robin Schiff, but you know, Schiff, that's neither here nor yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> go on. So just to give you a little background on Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion before we start to go through it beat by beat... Um, it is based on a play called Ladies' Room that was first uh, premiered in Los Angeles in 1988, directed by Kim uh, Fieldman, and actually backed financially by Aaron Spelling. 
television producer Aaron Spelling was an early investor to get this play off the ground. Interesting. And um, yeah, Ladies Room, it is all set in a Mexican restaurant during happy hour. And it's sort of characters going in and out of the ladies room. So it's kind of a collection of people. And there are two valley girls that are pretty much Romy Michelle. And Lisa Kudrow uh, started the role on stage. It was probably one of her first big professional paying gigs. Do you know when this uh, when this was performed? 1988. 1988. And also, there's all sorts of groundlings actors that kind of are found throughout the production. They uh-huh. they got a lot of people from the Groundlings. And if you're not familiar with the Groundlings, the Groundlings is a very famous improv comedy group. In Los Angeles, and a lot of big comedians have come out of there. And it's one like the breeding ground for Saturday Night Live. Lauren Michaels sends recruiters to the Groundlings to watch shows on the regular. And if you can make it into that company, which is very difficult, uh, a lot of the times you may, in fact, find yourself on on Saturday Night Live or or uh, something similar. And one of these people was Lisa Kudrow, who came up through the Groundlings. And Mm -hmm. I think that Michelle was a character that she would use during shows. I think that a lot of the basis of uh, Michelle Weinberger kind of formulated from the Groundlings. Well, it's a very Lisa Kudrow character. And we'll we'll get to that with with some of the clips that we have and just her her performance. Um, so, like I was saying, the the play was pretty successful in Los Angeles, and um, Disney Disney's company of Touchstone was wanting to make this is probably the early to mid '90s. They were wanting to make a female Wayne's World, and they reached out to Robin, the screenwriter, if you would be into adapting Ladies Room into a feature movie. And she, I read interviews with her. She said she was kind of apprehensive about it because she didn't think Ladies Room could adapt into a very good movie, but she really thinks that the two Valley Girls, you could build a story around them. Sure. So kind of the idea that she said when she first started writing in the script was coming up with Romy Michelle as characters, um, them filling out their high school reunion questionnaire and them discovering that they really haven't done anything big with their life. That's kind of the, and there's a big scene of that in the movie. So that's right. kind of the basis of where the movie came from. Okay. And um, so, yeah. And then Lisa Kudrow made friends, was very successful. And I think that. Oh, was, she made, I was like, who, and who did she make friends with? She, she, I was like, someone at, someone at Disney. <laughs> it was a big hit for Mussy TV. <laughs> she made for, the show friends. Yeah. Yes, she did. And I think, I mean, all of them at that time they were trying to build projects around all of them. Yeah, they were trying. They were really trying mm-hmm. to make movie stars out of everybody in the mid '90s. We and, saw how that worked, and some of them were more successful than others. Yes, and yeah, kind of Lisa Kudrow's success got this movie greenlit, and this was the first movie that Mira Sorvino signed on to after winning the Academy Award for Mighty Aphrodite. So mm-hmm. they got an Oscar winner, fresh off of the win. So it's a very unique movie that. I don't think could get made anymore too. It's very female driven. They wanted a female Wayne's world Mm -hmm. and 
that's just a very unique thing and maybe very 90s for a movie studio to take a chance on. Right. So when they made the movie... Well, I mean, it just yeah. makes sense that they wanted a female wins. It was the biggest movie on the planet, and they're just like, we can do this. And also Dumb and Dumber had just come out, too, yeah. and was really successful. So they just wanted to replic- replicate that mm-hmm. formula and make it uh, a movie that was female-driven, which sure. is kind of cool. So the movie came out in April 25th of 1997 and was moderately successful i think it uh-huh. probably just grossed back at bu- its budget and that's about it but it, it developed a huge cult following on cable runs and on home video okay and the rest is history so shall we get into it of course um yeah let's let's get into it so uh how old were you when this movie came out so this came out in 1997 i was 11 years old awesome i probably didn't watch it until i was 12 okay I probably watched it when it came out on tape. So who did you want to be, Romeo and Michelle or Michelle? I probably I probably more identified as Romy mm-hmm. as a character. Well, she, I feel like she's the more everyman person. Yeah. Michelle is a little bit more kooky. Mm-hmm. But she, Michelle has a lot of really great lines and a lot of really great line delivery. <laughs> that like that valley girl delivery. Uh, I mean, like, I don't think it's oh, very oh, no. valley girl. Yeah. Oh, I just I, think I'm kind of thinking of more Romy. Yeah, Romy's. I don't know where this voice came from. First it, of all, it's like a it's a husky. Well, we'll play clips and, and yeah. kind of get into it more. Romy's voice is super deep, but like it's not valley. I don't know. What is it? It's super specific. It's very specific. It is a, it is a character choice as an actor. Yeah, and um, I mean the movie starts right off the bat. Well, first of all, okay, so it's directed by David Merkin, mm-hmm. and David Merkin is a Simpsons. He comes from the Simpsons. Uh, I'm not sure how many movies he directed after this or before this, but um, he he was also a a writer on sitcoms like uh, Three's Company and Newhart. Ooh, Three's Two. Company, that's amazing. I wonder if he wrote a lot of Mrs. Roper lines. Stanley. And there's a and there's a Simpsons reference in the movie. With there a, is with an episode that he actually there directed. is that he directed. It's the Homer Goes to Space episode. Oh, it's a good episode. Um, but yeah, so he was able to bring a lot of really quirky comedy bits to this movie that there's a lot of interesting choices as far as some of the jokes in the movie. But it starts off and right off the bat, the first joke in the movie, they're watch they're sitting in bed watching Pretty Women and you think, Oh, okay, they're just watching Pretty Women. Girls and it also starts with this grand sweeping shot of Venice Beach. And it like pulls you like a uh, psycho style in a pull. <laughs> it's a helicopter it, shot. It's a helicopter shot, and it sends you right in, like the opening shot of Psycho. It sends you right into the bedroom window. Into the bedroom and window. And we are introduced to Romy and Michelle. And they're sitting and they're watching Pretty Woman, and you think, oh, okay, they ju- they're watching Pretty Woman. They love this movie. They're girly girls, you know, Julia Roberts, la la la. And immediately it throws you for a loop with this very first joke. You know, they're making fun of the movie. And I think that's so great. And it's, a, I think that's something that like gay people do all the time. Of course. Sit and watch movies. You hate watch movies. We do it know? like multiple times a week. Yeah. Just sit around watching movies just to make fun of them. And they're doing that in this movie and they do it really well. We have a little clip of it. Here we go. Just a girl. Love it. anything for you you're obviously in the wrong place please leave 
You know, even though we've watched Pretty Woman like 36 times, I never get tired of making fun of it. Oh, I know. Oh, poor thing. Look, they won't let her shop. Yeah, like those sales girls in Beverly Hills aren't bigger whores than she is. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, my God. Listen to that sad, sad music as she leaves. It's like boo-hoo. <laughs> that is actually kind of sad. Anything you see here, we can do, by the way. Get ready to have some fun, okay? Mary Pat, Mary Kate, Mary Frances, Tova, let's see it. Come on. Bring oh, it up. <laughs> just get really happy when they finally let her shop just so you know that cat purring on the soundtrack is from the movie and it's not our cats that are um, i know right <laughs> on top of us presently as we're recording this um there's so much i love about this first scene first of all uh that no doubt song that was played earlier we do not own the rights to that we do not <laughs> so don't come and sue us anyone we don't own the rights to it and we're not making any money off of this so get off our backs um they're sitting in two beds next to each other separated by like a nightstand it's very three's company i also it's, like it's very janet and they Chrissy. have a full beat of makeup and hair done just to sit clothes on just to, and to also watch movies. under the covers under the covers, sitting in bed full daylight outside <laughs> They live on the Venice boardwalk, and they're laying in bed watching Pretty Woman for the 37th time. An apartment that I have sought out and taken pictures in. <laughs> we a, found this building. It's a hotel now. You can stay in it. <laughs> you sure can. That's kind of the beauty of uh, living in Los Angeles. You can just take a trip to your favorite movie icon spots. And uh, if you're not an asshole, you can get a picture from far away. Uh, especially if it's not a, a residence that someone lives in. <laughs> but this is a building on the Venice Boardwalk, so there was tons of people in front of it. Um, so I wanted to m make a few little points about this first scene in the movie. Um, yeah, their beds are next to each other, separated by a nightstand. I mean, I'm guessing it's a studio apartment, but still. It's just a giant room. They're very. It's just a giant room, but still, they're very much like no, we're not going to put our beds in a separate area because they literally do everything together, mm -hmm. you know? And this relationship that they have is just very, like, it's very pure, you know? Um, one of the things later is that they go to this club to find guys, like, oh, there are no guys at this club. But, like, what are they going to do? Bring them back to the house and, like, fuck them on the beds yeah. next to each other? Like... I don't think they're there to find guys to go fuck. They're just there to find guys to like buy them drinks and dance with. Yeah, and I also like that these are two girls that a go out on weekdays. Yeah, I like that they just go to the club on oh, like sure. a Thursday night. Yeah, I mean we do that too. So well, yeah. Um, when you're young and you know they're they this is their ten year high school reunion, so they're twenty seven, twenty eight. You know, yeah. um, and they're they're young and they're vital. And they like to go out and, and snag boys. And I also like that they just go out with themselves. They don't sure. need a man to take them out. But that's the thing yeah. about their relationship mm -hmm. is that it's just them. Their world consists of each other and just what they like to do. They're like best friends. And mm -hmm. that's all best friends do is want to hang out with each other. So it immediately cuts to them getting ready to go out. And first scene of the movie, five minutes in, they're like, oh, I don't have any clothes and one of them, I forgot which one, one of them says, we don't even have time to make anything new. 
So they're setting up it right at the beginning of the movie that like that are going out. We make our clothes mm-hmm. that we wear to go out, and their outfits are ridiculous. Oh, I love them. <laughs> I was obsessed with what they wore in this movie. They're so put together, so coordinated, and it's that type of fabric that you saw a lot in the '90s. That it's I don't even know how to describe it. Well, it's synthetic for sure. Yeah. Very shiny. Very glittery <laughs> at times. A lot of fabric that they wore is very, you would find in like costume section. If you went to, you know, your fabric store, if you go to your mood fabrics. Yeah. I've always really liked the top that uh, Michelle wears. It's blue and it looks like there's almost fishnets that are lining it. What and there's, scene is she and there's ostrich this? feathers when when they're about to go out. And, oh, okay, and they put okay. something on. And yeah. Sure, and sure. Romy says, I can't believe how cute we I look. I can't believe how cute I look. And that's another thing. Oh, my God. Me and SP, me and a, fr- a friend of mine used to say this to each other all the time. We're not even being conceited. We're just being honest. Just so much <laughs> self-confidence. I love it. <laughs> but we, I mean, we adopted it from this movie, obviously. But we really believed it. We were just like... Sure. God, we look yeah, so you're good pretty tonight. Hot shit. We look so cute. I know. And we're not even being conceited. We're just being honest. <laughs> or it's like, or it's like when you walk into the bar and you're just like, Ugh. Uh, everybody here is completely here unfuckable. Is... <laughs> I'm the cutest person. We in this are room. the cutest people. In I'm this not bar. even gonna lie. We're. What did she say about about how they about how? Yeah, don't they say that about in the dream sequence? We'll get to that yeah. later on. But she says. Oh, at prom. We're the only ones that don't look like we're going to a hoedown. Yeah. (laughs) I love love it. So, yeah, that's just their, that's just kind of like their thing. They, they just love each other and want to spend time with each other. They're very creative. They've got this creative streak. They make these amazing clothes, but the clothes are not revealing. No, they're not going at all. to the club, and it's not like it's they're not like a freakum dress. Their chichis are not hanging out. They've got they're showing a little cleavage, but not crazy. They're there's not super a, short. There's a design point of view. There's definitely a design point. They of view. always tell a story. I mean, it's definitely like disco night on the Starship Enterprise, but I'm okay with that. Yes, <laughs> it's and, very shiny material. And we should also give a shout out to the costume designer Mona May, sure, who did this movie. Well, not just their going out outfits, but their everyday clothes are amazing. Her, their everyday clothes, and the whole movie is put together by a iconic costume designer named Mona May, who sure. did huge movies of the '90s. She did Clueless, Such as, yeah, Clueless. She did Clueless, um, Never Been Kissed. So. Pretty yeah. much she was the go-to designer in the 90s when you wanted to make a movie about young people and just sort of heighten the look. Yeah, and she it. knows how to style the hell out of like... And I'd imagine that it's a collection of pulled pieces and stuff that she's made, Yeah, too. And, uh, like for instance, they're sitting in a laundromat and... Romy is wearing a top that is like a like a playing card. It's got hearts on it, mm-hmm. and it says like you know, three of hearts or whatever. It's white, and the hearts are red, and it looks like a playing card. Her earrings are dice. It's a little attention to detail. And she's got a ring, and she wears the dice ring in other scenes in the movie. But she's got this dice. It's a ring that's like red dice, you know. And it's just this little thing that like the outfits are curated and they're put together and they're put together well and super cute and just as as just like you're just watching this going, oh my god, I need. You just want I don't know. You just want to like look as cool as that. So the other thing that I noticed, um, their outfits are not super slutty. 
their beds are pushed next to each other in the studio apartment. And when they go to the bar at the club, they order two Diet Cokes. Yeah, because they don't need alcohol to have They're fun. not even like trying to like get all drunk. I like that message that it sends it's to young so, people. Like, yeah, it's just so like, and I don't know if it's a thing, and I'm not going to say it's that they're childish. I'm not even going to like go there. It's just that they're not even, they don't even care, you know? They're yeah. just like, we're just going to have a couple of Diet Cokes and like look for boys and maybe the boys will buy us a drink, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but that's just kind of like... They just want to dance. They just want to go out and dance and look cute and have people look at them. And the bartender immediately recognizes oh, them. Oh, the, the bartender knows them. They, they, yeah, they spend a lot of time at this club. Diet Coke <laughs> with extra cherries. Yeah. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. And then when they don't find guys, I love that Roby says, come on, Michelle. Let's, let's just, just go dance with ourselves. Let's just go dance with ourselves. <laughs> have a whole routine <laughs> out on the dance floor that they've. That they've created. Yes, which comes back later. They definitely, we come back to, we're setting up a lot of things at the beginning of this movie. And the the dance routine, the choreographed, like, interpretive dance is is really important later on in the movie. But it's very cute at this point. So, yeah, it's just, I don't know. There's just something about their relationship with each other and who they are as, as girls and women. You know, they're... Well, also, I mean, this is also, this is a s- signal to how great of a movie this is written and how it's directed Uh we're not seven minutes in and we immediately have a clear picture of who these type of women are sure too yeah like you know everything that you need to know about these characters yeah and uh, i mean we learn a little bit more as the movie goes on uh, such as i have written down how is romy still employed She's a shitty employee, but Michelle doesn't have a job. <laughs> Michelle doesn't even she's isn't just, even employed. She's just at home all day sewing. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess Romy's job being a front desk girl at the Jaguar dealership is like pulling in enough money to score this apartment to rent the, this spacious on the boardwalk. Loft on the boardwalk, <laughs> you know, I guess geography in movies does not count, but sometimes it counts to to me and to us. We get a little stickler for that kind of. Uh, for that kind of shit in movies. People living on one side of town and working well, on the other. this all set on the west side. Sure, yeah. Too. yeah. They're at Swingers at one point in the movie. They are. They are. I love Swingers. I've sat in that booth. We have. <laughs> That's another thing at Swingers. They're sitting on the same side, and that could be just for blocking for the movie, but I feel like... It's just that's beyond blocking. I think they would they would would sit sit on the same same side. side. Good observation. I think they just would, you know, so they can read the yearbook next to each other and they can like, you know what I mean? Just like eat off each other's plate and all that kind of stuff. I think they would just do that anyway. So um, from uh, from the club, it doesn't go straight to the it it goes to the dealership. It goes straight to the dealership. And this is where we meet. It's like two, four, three. The service. Two four three. Is number two four three. Two four three, and this is where we meet the great Heather Mooney, played by the even greater Jeannie Garofalo. What a character! I just love Jeannie Garofalo so much. What a just a creation of her too. Sure, uh, I think a lot of it is definitely they probably had Janine in mind, and I feel like me as a as a young gay person really modeled a lot of my persona after after Janine. At this point. She had just done Larry Sand. She had done Larry Sanders, mm-hmm. and I don't, 
I mean, are you saying you didn't know her from anything else? I mean, I was just thinking. I think Truth About Cats and Dogs oh, yeah. had just come out, mm-hmm. so she was breaking into, into movies. Reality Bites was out, wasn't it? Oh yeah, Reality Bites. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And I mean, I knew Jeannie Garofalo. And the Ben Stiller show. Yeah, and the Ben Stiller show, of course. And I knew I knew Jeannie Garofalo from all of that. Plus, uh, she had MTV Half Hour Comedy Hour stand up specials, and I just oh man, just the 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 wit of of Janine. and she would go on Letterman a lot and early Conan and stuff. And I just thought she was. I mean, she is so funny. She's just like she's a treasure. Um, but there's a really great scene and a great interaction with with Janine as Heather. And Romy in the in the dealer. We'll get that out of the way right now. I'm in a hurry. Well, I'm going as fast as I can, Miss Mooney. Heather. Heather Mooney. From Sagebrush High in Tucson. Yeah. It's Romy. Romy White. You shouldn't be. No, this is so weird. I didn't know you were living in L.A. Well, now that you know, will we be getting together a lot? <laughs> so, God, you're driving a new Jaguar? What do you do? Ever hear of Lady Fair cigarettes? The ones that burn down real fast? Twice the taste and half the time for the gal on the go? I invented the quick-burning paper. Wow. <laughs> you going to the reunion? What reunion? Our 10-year high school reunion in Tucson. You're kidding me. It's been 10 years since high school? God, where have I been? I'm stumped. Where? (laughs) Anyway, are you going? I'd rather put this out in my ass. I wonder why we didn't get an invitation. I mean, I'm sure Michelle would have told me if she got one. Michelle Weinberger? Mm Mm-hmm. Do you live with Michelle Weinberger? Yeah. (laughs) I just thought maybe she'd be married to Sandy by now. Sandy Frank? <laughs> yes, Sandy Frank. He could barely contain his erection every time she was around. Why do you think he always carried that huge notebook? The Frankazoid and Michelle, I'm sure. Besides, didn't you have a thing for Sandy in high school? <laughs> I did not have a thing. I did not have a thing. I did not have a thing. I was very much in love with him. Very much in love, and there's a difference. There's a difference. I have to go now. There's a difference. I have to go now. Oh, Heather Mooney, there's a difference. Yeah, she's talking, but so brilliant as a comedian that you're you're talking to the person in front of you, and then you're sort of whispering it to the person. She yeah, she you. turns around and tells the person, "But I never think." Ah. Because she knows that they're eavesdropping on her. Yeah. And she just wants to clarify it. Yeah. That's a super quotable scene. Uh, this movie's so quotable. That's so great, many. Yeah, that's a great thing. Also, just so many just funny jokes. Yeah. It's like, yeah. this is a comedy filled with jokes. Yeah. And you'd be surprised how many comedies that come out that <laughs> just have terrible jokes. Well, well, that was the thing about the trailer for this. I'm listening to the trailer going, oh, thank God they're getting all the good jokes in this trailer. I don't have to pull all these clips. Yeah. Because there's so many good jokes in the trailer. It's just like, yeah, it's full of these quotable lines. It's just super well written and so well performed. And the thing is, Mira Sorvino is really holding her own with these comedians. Yeah. You know, Lisa Kudrow came up through improv and Jenny Gruffalo. She's just coming off of winning an Oscar for 
a comedy role, True. which yeah. you do not see a lot, yeah. especially for women. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, okay, she was doing a voice, but it's like, yeah, I think it went beyond that. And, and in this movie, she's doing another voice, which means she's creating these characters. She's not just going in and delivering these lines as like, I'm Mira Sorvino, and this is how this character sounds. Yeah, you know? and just to say a little bit about her Oscar win for Mighty Aphrodite, a lot of people give that performance a lot of shit in that why did she win? Mm-hmm. But when you watch that movie, it's a full a fully formed character of this woman and she's also doing a crazy voice in that movie too yeah that's what i'm saying yeah and the performance doesn't at all just rely on that voice it's a very fleshed out performance yeah and i think just just taking the time to create this character persona and and the voice has so much to do with it just kind of speaks to where she's going and where she's coming from as an actress because especially when you watch something like the simpsons and you see all these guest voice actors come on when it's just an actor or especially a, uh, an athlete or a musician that are just talking you know it's like you're not really giving me anything you know the really good actors are the ones that come in and create character voices and that's something that she really did in in both of these performances and yeah and it holds up next to these really great comic actresses that she's in these scenes with so um and yeah heather mooney is just one of the oh my god just so funny um so immediately from finding out about the reunion we cut to uh the girls looking through their yearbook going back in time which to, I love doing that. Yeah. Do you like looking in your old yearbooks? I love it. <sighs> it's uh yeah, it's a step back through memory lane. And I'll I like that when they're looking through their yearbook, they can't find themselves yeah. anywhere <laughs> the only in picture. the yearbook. <laughs> and the only picture of them is in the background. Sure. No, like th- their actual picture from their class picture is together. Yeah. Which is amazing. That's amazing. They're in the same shot. Um, and then separately from that, every other picture, they're just walking by because they didn't do anything. I also like when we are introduced to the flashbacks, which yeah. are very well directed. It sends you literally into the yearbook. It zooms into the it photo. zooms into the photo. Yeah, that's really good It touch. starts with Heather. Yes. And I like that you ease into Romy Michelle. Yeah. And you get the reveal through the background picture. Yeah. But yeah, it just it shows us that in high school they didn't do shit. They were they didn't care about yearbook. They weren't involved in any sports or no clubs. or drama. They just or showed up, yeah. and did their homework, and left. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but and but they were all that time. They still had this really cool sense of style. You know, mm-hmm. nobody else at the school looked like them. They didn't look like anybody else, and they and they got fucking read for it they got made fun of because they were being themselves and that's what happens to a lot of people and i feel like that's something that a lot of like people can identify with in this movie it's just like i'm just trying to be a little different where everybody looks the same and boring and i I, i've been to tucson it's a lovely town but uh you know (laughs) tucson just didn't quite know what to do with this couple no not with romeo michelle they were too big for Sagebrush High. <laughs> and they, they looked awesome. They looked super 80s. They looked super new wave and cool. And everybody just looked very, like, preppy 80s and, and didn't know where to put them. And, and so they were kind of on their own. So um, we should probably talk about the introduction of the click group. The A table. The A table. The yeah. B table. Yeah. The C table. <laughs> and Romeo and Michelle were at their own table. 
<laughs> they're more like loners. They totally were. So the A table is pretty much the cheerleaders and the football players. Yeah. Um, led by Christy Masters, the bitch, the head <laughs> bitch of the group, <laughs> who is dating um, Billy Christensen. Yes. And Romy has a huge crush on Billy Christensen. Yes, of course. And also, the A group is filled with actors. 40 year olds? Well, that's a part of the joke. Yeah. I think that's a, a yeah, part of the charm yeah. of the of the flashback scenes is that yeah. they're clearly in their 30s playing 17. Yeah. And I was going to say, all of the actors of the A group are all actors that you've seen in stuff. Yes. But you never quite remember their name. Yeah. They kind of work the circuit of sitcoms and television shows in the 90s. Yeah. One of them is played by Pam from True Blood. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Christy Masters is played by an actress named Julia Campbell. Um, she did an episode of Friends. It's really funny. Um, Ross is dating her, and now I don't remember what the hell happened, but oh well. She's got this kind of like raspy-ish voice when she needs to, but she's just, if you look through her IMDb, it's just like page after page of like Elaine Hendricks. Television I think shows. It's Elaine, Elaine Hendricks. Hendricks from The Parent Trap. From the Parent Trap. Is a part yep. of the group. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're so mean to Romy and Michelle. <laughs> they put magnets on her back. <laughs> Michelle, <laughs> uh, you have Christy Masters put magnets, magnets on, your, on back. your back. But that's the other thing is that she puts refrigerator fruit magnets on her on her on Michelle's back brace because Michelle has scoliosis. But it's like, who cares? Like, <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, like Michelle is so freaked out, and Romy's just like, "Oh my god, she did put ma- magnets in her back," and it's like, "Okay, take them off." Yeah, how many people saw? <laughs> Probably not very many. Just but they were making off. a big scene of it, laughing at them at their table, out yeah. loud, yeah. at the table. Yeah, and that sucked. So uh, yeah, I get that, but <laughs> it's just so funny. Oh my god. <laughs> So, all right. So they kind of decide that they want to go to re- to the reunion. They want to show off to everybody. We live in L.A. now. You morons are stuck back here in Tucson. We're really cool. I love that Michelle talks about uh, once ev- everybody being so impressed with their lifestyle. Just look at our <laughs> lifestyle. I think about that all the time. Come on, I'm, I'm from a small town, and I'm one of the few people that moved out to a big city. Yeah. I think about that a lot. About our lifestyle. About our lifestyle. Standing in bars with, with your ass hanging out of your jockstrap. Yeah. That's our lifestyle. Right. People. <laughs> that blows people's minds. By the way. Sure. <laughs> it's underwear night. What? It's That's underwear a night. Thing. <laughs> it's, the, it's the it's the off Sunset Street Fair. Everyone can walk around in their fetish gear. You know, that kind of that is definitely a lifestyle choice. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a lot of straight friends I'm talking to them about going to undie underwear night, pants check. I should probably also, I, I wasn't going to say this until later, but uh-huh. tying into this movie sure. and growing up in a small town like Romy and Michelle, mm-hmm. I just thought that was so fucking cool. What? That they're from, that they just moved out to LA yeah. knowing no one. Yeah. And I did the same thing. Yeah. And they just have this life where they just go out and have fun. Yeah. Go to bars. And they're just like living out on the beach yeah. of the Venice boardwalk. Yeah. And I just so wanted to be like that. I just wanted to move out to Los Angeles. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's not like we're like, you know, doing lines with like Wilmer Valderrama in like the back of a of a limo or anything. No, not at all. Uh, 
I guess it would be 2004 or yeah. something. Would we be doing that? <laughs> but, you know, it's like just the fact that you have a lot of options. There's a lot of shit to do. And it's like we can just go to a club. We can go to like a cool like movie theater. Even just the movie theaters are cool here. Yeah. Just go to a damn movie theater is cool. But then I can also relate to Romy being underwhelmed, even though yeah. they live in Los Angeles. Yeah. I mean, she's a fucking cashier. Yeah. Yeah. I work at Trader Joe's. <laughs> That's it's glamorous. Not like, it's not like I'm in the biz. Hey, man. Or Trader I'm, a, I'm an actor. <laughs> hey, they've done Trader Joe's on The Simpsons and Bob's Burgers. Yeah, but... But like Romy, I can totally relate to if I did go back home, yeah. just feeling, well, I guess I don't have that much to show for it. I live in Los Angeles. Yeah. That's cool, mm-hmm. I guess. But I can just totally relate to that as yeah. you're as yeah. you're filling out your your questionnaire and it kind of hitting on you like it hits you that I haven't done all that much with my life. Are you married? No. Do you live with someone? Well, should I say I live with you? <laughs> I mean, I guess. <laughs> So okay, so here's the ultimate the the ultimate like kind of the ultimate con. Yeah, but I mean well, like the seed of the of the movie, what this whole thing is about is that they want to go to this reunion but they feel like okay, yes we live in LA, yes we go out and and have cool lives to us and we're enjoying ourselves and having fun. On paper it doesn't really translate as to that much. So so because Michelle doesn't have a job, because Romy is a quote unquote cashier, so Romy's idea is okay. If we can, all that we just really need is better jobs and boyfriends. And boyfriends, yeah. And so, seems like everything would just fall into place from that. Yeah, exactly. And the two of them just think, okay, yeah, maybe we could, we have got two weeks until the until the reunion. So let's try and figure it out. Let's try and uh, Michelle's going to try and get a better job, and Romy's going to try and bag them some dates. And it looks like they join Crunch. Oh, <laughs> a 90s crunch fitness. <laughs> I just kind of assumed that they went to that gym. But you think they got the gym oh, membership? Oh, I think they got the gym okay. membership for it. Okay. And that's why they show up in like in like chunky heels. Yeah. I love all of <laughs> Romy's workout clothes. <laughs> Their shoes. I never like those shoes. They're wearing the shoe with the chunky heel, but the heel kind of flares out at the bottom like a little bell bottom. Yeah. Oh, man. And uh, yeah, Michelle's looking for a job, but she goes straight to the Versace store on Rondeo Drive. I, I so whenever I have to do job interviews, there's been so many times <laughs> I've wanted to quote this scene line by line, and we have a sample of it. <laughs> we do. Here we go. Play it. really familiar with the entire Versace line and if you would just give me a chance I know I could like sell the shit out of this stuff <laughs> and um, to me fashion is just it's like everything it's by the way that blouse hi that blouse looks great on you uh, thank you <laughs> and see I make a great salesperson because I just have this like really believable way of telling people that they look really good even though I'm just like you know I think she heard me. Thank you so much for coming. That's okay. You're welcome. I don't think we'll be requiring any new staff. You're not taking on any what? Staff. Employees. Oh. Oh, staff. Okay. I didn't understand with your big accent. (laughs) I couldn't figure it out. 
okay. <laughs> Fine. You know, you really shouldn't let people fill out applications if you don't want them to actually try to get a job here. Come no, no, that's all I have to say. No, no. <laughs> I like that little last bit. I like that. <laughs> and Lisa Kudrow's line delivery is so great. It's and you so can good. tell that she's a pro because yeah. she's adding awkward pauses. Yeah. Like she's thinking about what she's going to say. Yeah. And it's not immediately coming to her. And then it just comes to her. Yeah. And it seems like they they let them improv a little in this movie because that little bit at the end where he was he was going to say something. And she was like, no, 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 no. that's all I have to say. I love it. Okay, so they're trying to lose a bunch of weight. They're trying to meet some boys, and they're both failing miserably. When Romy's at a club, <laughs> really funny scene of the movie <laughs> that I used to, that I love. And a guy comes up to her and is hitting on her, and she asks him, what do you do for a living? And he said, I'm a suit salesman. And she says, will you please excuse me? <laughs> I cut my foot earlier, and my shoe is filling up with blood. That's another line that me and SB used to say to each other all the time. I wanted to say that to someone in person, but I've never had the chance to. The, okay, so the thing is to me about this scene is it, right off the bat, she's like, oh, okay, that's a really nice suit you're wearing. Like he's wearing a cool suit. So she's like, all right, this one might be this one might be good. He's got a nice suit on. Mm-hmm. Let's see what's up. Oh, that's a nice suit. Thanks. What do you do? I'm a suit salesman. And it's like, okay, well. Do you think that she's going for like men's warehouse? <laughs> she thinks about it. I think she would rather somebody had the, a nice suit because he bought it with money from his better job. So, but he, like works at like Friar Tucks. Well, real talk to me, I'm like suit salesman's not bad. If they work in commission, you can make some money. But yeah, I cut my foot before, and my foot's filling up with blood. <laughs> I love that. So they're failing pretty badly. So they have to come up with a better scheme to to make it to Tucson. Yeah, and they're all depressed because Romy's sort of almost given up. Can I just say when they they're can... when they're in the gym and she gets on the scale and she's like, "I gained a pound." The Mira Servina's delivery is so sad. Yeah, it's so sad. Mm-hmm. She's like, "What?" She's just like so defeated. She's like, "I've been busting my ass for two weeks and I gained a pound." And it's just like, oh, my God. Did you deduct 15 pounds for your shoes? 16 pounds for your shoes. Because <laughs> they're wearing those chunky heels on the treadmill. <laughs> I love that shot. <laughs> so, okay. So, the new scheme is, fuck it. We're just going to lie. Yeah. Who cares? I mean, they're Who looking cares? at Vogue magazine. Yeah. And all of these executives look so beautiful. It's an executive realness photo shoot in Vogue. Those aren't. Those aren't executives, Michelle. Those are models. Yeah. And that's when it comes to her. Yeah. So the idea Nobody is... Nobody needs to know. Yeah. No. The they're idea in, is M- Michelle's going to... We're in Los gonna, Angeles. They're in Tucson. They're in Tucson. Michelle's going to make business outfits for business women to eat business lunch in. And Romy's going to get them a cool car from the Jag dealership that she works at. And they're just going to fucking fake it. Who cares? Which we'll I make feel like they up. don't really get to show off the car in the grand scheme of no, things. Yeah, they, they just valet it. it yeah. Good to go. Yeah. Some other cars are pulling up and they look shitty, but I think they just wanted to, to sell the illusion. They're selling the whole illusion. Yeah. So, um, you know, <laughs> there's some funny stuff with, with, uh, Romy getting the car, but she ultimately gets this really cool Jaguar. Um, it's a convertible and they're going to drive to Tucson. And let me tell you, boys and girls, we've made that drive from LA to Tucson 
It's long. I was wondering if <laughs> did did Romy have to go in the Jag dealership at like seven a.m. to get that car? Oh, because it's the same day that they li- yeah that they mm-hmm. get on the road. Yeah, it's she's a wearing, long ass. She's drive. wearing that cute tangerine dress mm-hmm. too. It's a very cool. It's more of like a coral, it's a coral color. Oh, okay. I think of coral. I think of red. <laughs> That's like a peachy kind of pinky coral. Um. So yeah, so they get this cool Jag. They're dri- They're gonna make this drive. I think it's a Chevy GTS convertible. That's not a Jaguar. I don't think so. I think oh. it's a Chevy. Oh, mm-hmm. oh well. Um. So uh, they are on their way. They're they're driving to to Tucson. They uh, have their businesswomen outfits. They change at at a truck stop. Oh yeah, they change their truck. And they stop. ask the waitress if they have any. Business women specials. You mean Grandma from Elvira? Mr. Grandma from Dark? Elvira. Is that <laughs> makeup Young on your lady, face? Is that makeup on your face? Uh, yeah. So <laughs> and they forgot one thing during this whole plan. What do they actually? What do? the hell do they do? What do they do as business women? Sure. I invented post-its. That's what I do. That line is so yeah. funny later on in the movie. So. <laughs> I like that concocting this whole scheme that you've invented something. Sure. Because you then have to create around this whole lie yeah. of how you invented it. And what do you think about choosing post-its Well, the thing about it con? is there's no Wikipedia. There's no, no. smartphones. They make a big deal about Romy buying just a flip phone. Because now people at the reunion could just get on their smartphone and find out in five seconds and, who yeah, invented and something. Yeah, Google it and be like, oh, you fucking lied. But at that point, it's like, okay, I think they wanted to go for something that was universally known enough, but there may have still been some kind of mystery around it. Like, who the hell knows who invented Post-its in 1998? Yeah, and it's a good idea. Yeah. It's a great idea. I think it was a fine idea for the time. Um, but it, it, you know, it gets foiled later on. Oh, by Heather. I, I was just talking, I was talking about actual post-its. Oh, in the movie? Yes. Oh, I thought you meant like Romeo and Michelle's I mean, character. You're probably very well, the person is probably very wealthy who invented them. Art Fry? So that makes sense. You mean Art Fry? Yes. <laughs> Learned about him in business class. His name, guy named Art Fry. Um, that's real, by the way. If you look up, uh, post-its on Wikipedia, you'll find that the, the inventor is... Uh, a man named I like to think that also the Post-its wiki page also has a Romy and Michelle just entry <laughs> that like of there, like subjects. I think there is uh, further reading. Yeah, <laughs> further reading link to the Romy and Michelle wiki page. Um, but yeah, it's made at 3M. And what made the writers think of that as opposed to like, well, we know who uh, invented Whiteout. It was the mother of the guy from the monkeys. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, but it's one of those stories that it's like, oh, Whiteout was invented by, like, a typist, you know? Yeah. And it's it's one of those things that they teach you in, like, business school. It's like, it's just an idea, and anybody can have an idea, and blah 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 And I think that's the thing with Whiteout. And it's like, I think they wanted to go for something that was universally known, but also not universally known where it came from. Yeah. They've just kind of been around, but they haven't always been around. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, we have post-its now, and everybody uses them, but it's like they probably popped up in, like, the late 70s or something, mm-hmm. you know? So people still remember. I remember a day a day before post-its. 
What did people do before post-its? You know, and they didn't want to be. Uh, they used paper clips. Paper clips. They used paper clips, and they didn't want to be like, oh, we invented like you know like chicken McNuggets or something. You but know? I think that's just so funny because it creates so much comedy that yeah. they have to create this lie, then they have to sell it. Yeah, and the selling it is the hard part. Yeah, too, definitely. and that's where you get all of the funny interactions yeah. with people. Yeah, is just how are they going to keep up this lie? Yeah. Because obviously, like, when you hear that, you're like, what the fuck posted? Like, no, you didn't. Of course you didn't. Like, but then who did? Like, what are they going to say? Like, yes, I did. Well, no, you didn't. Well, then who did then? Thank you very much. Yep. Tell me, you know, so they, they, put in, they couldn't pull their phone out and, and dispute it. So, so we're going to be genius. We're going to be going into this little uh, argument that Romeo and Michelle have that when sure. they create this post-it idea. And Romy creates this whole elaborate story of how they invented post-its. And Michelle has some problems with it. Yeah, because Romy pretty much invents it herself and uh, doesn't give any of the credit to to Michelle in this fake story. I mean, ultimately, it's a fake story, so it's like, why are we arguing? But uh, you'll get a little bit of it here. What are you doing? Look, you're obviously pissed at me. This was a scene when I was a kid. I had this memorized from beginning to end. <laughs> and I remember there was a, I went to like a Christian summer camp when I was like 12. And I remember I had just seen this movie and I would just be fucking constantly quoting it. And I would just imagine that all the other boys are like, probably just like, what the fuck, what the are you fuck is up with this kid that's just quoting, quoting this movie? This movie and that they have no idea what it is. all the counselors were just like, he must just really fucking likes Romeo and Michelle's <laughs> high school reunion. I think that they even gave me like h- how they do like awards at the end of camp, sure. of, like to certain people. Yeah. They gave me like sort of like a pop culture expert. Oh my god! And 
they had me quote the entire scene oh my in god front of everyone oh my god <laughs> because i'm sure that probably these girls working at the camp just thought this fucking kid was hilarious That's that was amazing. just doing this whole scene from that beginning to end it's the most amazing thing i've ever heard Yep, that just gives a little insight. Into and that is what the fuck this entire podcast is all about. 12-year-old Scott. Because what little boy is just quoting the hell out of a <laughs> Romeo Michelle's high school reunion at camp? Oh, fuck. That's amazing. Yep. I don't think I've ever told you that before. <laughs> no, you've never told me that before. That's a new and little bit of insight. I love it. Uh, so from here, we go directly to this amazing dream sequence. Yeah. That's so long. And they just drop you in this dream sequence. Yeah. And part of the... But you don't know it's a dream the sequence. The fun of the sequence like is that it slowly reveals of how wackety everything is. And yeah. it eases you into it. Because they first start out, they're wearing different outfits, which I don't think that you immediately notice when you're first watching it. Oh, that they're just still wearing their business yeah. robe and attire. But they're different outfits. They're styled differently. Mm. When they get out of the car, and they're immediately separated. Well, just Michelle gets out of the car because she's asleep. No, she's not. That's no. the dream. Okay. Yeah. So they go their separate ways. Yeah. And they have their interactions. First, Romy finds Billy. Yeah. Still cute as ever. It's just a very idealized version of a of a reunion. But the thing is, you start to notice these weird little touches things are a little everywhere. off on it. Yeah. Like uh, there are giant poster size posters hanging of just like the yearbook portraits of the girls from the a table did you notice in that um in one of the scenes there's a uh, big fruit magnets <laughs> hanging up oh too? okay mm-hmm. see that's funny yeah so it's all these little touches in the background that you don't even notice but like maybe subliminally you're like okay this isn't right but it's yeah it's part of the dream so she meets billy and he's still really cute but turns out Oh no, nothing doesn't turn he out left. anything. Yeah, he, he goes left. with he goes with Romy. Yeah, he's he's uh, he broke up with um, Christy. Christy right after high school. Uh huh. And uh, we see Michelle meets Mi- Sandy. Michelle. Well, first Michelle confronts the A group. Oh uh, yes, that's right. And they're all dressed in these pastels. Yeah, they're dressed. Too. Yeah, everybody's wearing these these like pastel Easter colors. Uh, Christy actually turns out to be a, a weather girl, and that's what she wanted to do when she was in high school. And uh, Michelle confronts them, and and Michelle first tells them about the lie. Yeah, and uh, Christy Masters was like, "Well, you couldn't. Uh, well, then just go ahead and tell us. Yeah, the whole entire story of how she you calls concocted this." Miracle glue, would you? Yeah, she calls her on it. And there's a really great speech that that I think I would have tried to have memorized it. If I was younger, I would have been like... I think I have the whole scene mem- I think I have the speech. whole speech memorized. Well, let's see. Here we go. This is just the formula for post-it glue. Actually, I invented a special kind of glue. Oh, really? Well, then I'm sure you wouldn't mind giving us a detailed account of exactly how you concocted this miracle glue, would you? No. Well, ordinarily, when you make glue, first you need to thermoset your resin, and then after it cools, you mix in a um, epoxide, which is really just a fancy-schmancy name for any simple oxygenated adhesive, right? Then I thought maybe, just maybe, 
You could raise the viscosity by adding a complex glucose derivative during the emulsification process. And it turns out, I was right. Huh. I don't believe it. You must be the most successful person in our graduating class. Uh-huh. And you're not. Bye. Yeah, that's a great little bit of... And it's also right just the wish fulfillment of when we all go to our high school reunion. Yeah. You really just want to just show how successful yeah. and make people just jealous. Stick it in all those too. You just want to yeah. stick it to everyone. Yeah. That's a really funny scene. And now we have Facebook for that. I know, right? <laughs> your uh, reunions are pretty much obsolete. Did you go to your high school reunion? No. I did not go to mine. <laughs> um, yeah. I just remember why I didn't go to mine, which was a few years ago, because I graduated in 04, so it happened in 2014. Because yours actually was a hoedown? It actually was a hoedown. I think <laughs> it was at the Elks Lodge. But it was one of those things that, yeah, with Facebook, I'm just like, I'm not going to buy a $500 plane ticket to go yeah. back home and see all these people that I really don't want to talk to. Yeah. I mean, mine was here. I live here. But I was just like, well, fuck that. I talk to whoever I want to talk to, <laughs> which Even is one person. I do think there's something to be said about confronting your past, especially as you are get to come out of the closet since high school, that sure. you can really show who yeah. you are as a person, which yeah. I think there's something to be said about that yeah. as you're a gay man. When well, you they go can just look through my Instagram. When you go to your high school reunion. But yeah, you can just look through my Instagram or Facebook. Yeah. And I remember seeing a picture of my high school reunion being like, nope. Well, that's the thing. By nope. that point, I all those... I don't think I would really want to talk to anyone boring there. boring straight people have like kids and dumb lives and we're still going to bars with our asses hanging out. And plus, none of my friends actually went to the reunion. Like, it yeah, would be exactly. one thing if my crew all went. Yeah. But none of them went. But none of them went, so who cares? So I just... No, if I would have gone, I would have probably left after 20 minutes. Yeah. So we get some. So at the dream sequence, uh, Michelle does meet Sandy Frank, but he had extensive plastic surgery. Yeah. <laughs> and Alan Cumming is completely covered he in prosthetics. Her, they hit her with the limo. Yeah. <laughs> which you see Lisa Kudrow fly up in the air and yeah. just roll back down the car. She gets a hit it's, with a limo. The limo yeah. is so long. And the scene goes on for just a little too long. Yeah. Of her, of her rolling over, rolling the, top over the, the top of the car, yeah. and then out on the sidewalk. And then she ultimately gets in the limo with Sandy. Yeah. And he's got a weird face. And it slowly dawns on her that it's Sandy. Yeah, because he's completely had uh, plastic surgery to make himself look handsome, but played han- by Alan Cummings. But handsome Sandy is. <laughs> yeah, it's poor Alan Cumming covered. <laughs> it's poor Alan Cumming. Them going, you are ugly. And so, and everyone thinks so. So uh, you're gonna we're I gonna mean, put you in prosthetics to make you handsome. I mean, I guess he's kind of cute <laughs> at the end of the movie. Alan Cumming is I don't know. He's all right. He's kind of a butterface. He's kind of a butter everything else. Um. So no, Alan Cumming, if you're listening, you're gorgeous. We love you. Come on the show. You're invited onto our next episode. You get to pick the movie. So uh, we eventually make it to the real reunion. And it's a little different than than the dream sequence. The A table girls are not all in business. And the dream suits. and the dream sequence ends with Romy and Michelle going their separate ways. To sure, they drive off and they live their two separate lives, and they don't have each other anymore. Right? Not oh, they get anymore. old. Yeah, they, they get, get really old. old. Yeah, they always miss each other, but none of them, I guess, just doesn't pick up the phone anymore to call each other. Yeah, which I always thought that last 
that scene of them driving away in the car, the convertible and the limo is so sad when they both look at each other. Because mm-hmm. like, and they it. get in their cars and drive they off. They get off. They get yeah. in their car and drive off. Yeah. Well, it's not real. It's not real. They it's re- all a dream. They reunite. Yeah. We uh, Michelle comes to after waking up from a nap in the car. <laughs> thanks Did for waking he, me thanks up. Thanks for waking me up, Romy. What a bitch. <laughs> So Michelle so walks funny. into the reunion. Yeah, she walks into and the reunion. And it looks a little more yeah. down like down to earth. It looks more normal. It looks more normal. Yeah. Well, like a movie reunion, because I don't think real high school reunions look anything like that anyway. But um so the A table is now all of them are pregnant. Except for one. And it was the one that kind of stuck up for them in the flashback. Lisa Luter. It's Lisa Luter. Elaine Hendricks, she kind of stuck up for them in the flashback, but she got immediately shut down and was like, oh, okay. But now she's grown up and she's a, a style a, editor. An associate fashion an editor, associate editor for, fashion Vogue. for Vogue. I love that. I love that interaction between it's a job. her and Mira Sorvino because I like how Elaine plays it. It's yeah. Just like, okay. All right. Whatever. All right. Yeah. Just like, because we've all had that conversation with someone that you're just yeah. catching up with. Yeah. And you're just awkward. Like, well, all right. Okay. Bye. <laughs> All right. Bye. As she's listening to the silly plan. And what's funny is that once Romy says the whole post-it thing, yeah. I mean, it comes off in the movie exactly how you would say it in real life. She's like, yeah, I know what they are. Because <laughs> like, she's immediately on to her that something isn't quite right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, she kind of walks away from that. Michelle is just kind of wandering around. Um, but eventually, how does it go down? Well, Romy first approaches the A group. Sure. And she immediately asks her about Billy. And it turns out that she's married to him. Yeah, Christy and Billy are actually married. Christy's pregnant with their third kid. He And he works on like... Her, her she dad's says like, she like she drywall. just she no she just says he's in real estate. Oh, he's in real estate. She That's says right. he's a real estate developer. So we get this like idealized like oh fuck they're doing really well for themselves. They've been married for ten ten years and they have three kids. Man, you're twenty eight. You're on your third kid. I'm sure that's fine, but wow. He must feel really tied down. He must feel really tied down. <laughs> no, I'm very fulfilled. <laughs> and um, once. Michelle starts telling them about the lie in walks. Uh, no, Romy's Romy's telling them the lie, and, Heather, and Michelle sees Heather Mooney walk and, in. In walks Heather. Yeah, and Heather and can says, bring it off, all. And she says, fuck off fuck the Toby. Toby. She's just like, she just. Heather can bring this right whole in. lie tumbling down because she knows where Romy works at the Jaguar dealer, you know? So Heather goes straight to. Romy because she's like the last person that she's spoken to out of all these people and is just like hey what's up fuck this place what are we doing and uh, she's like oh I was just telling them about the the post-its that I invented and she's like nope no you didn't and just kind of spoils it ruins it for um, for everybody and they all start laughing at her yeah. and Michelle and Michelle sees it and she's not having it yeah that she has to go save her friend just go save her friend. Yeah, yeah. Because no one wants so, to see her friend laughed at. Yeah. So she goes over, grabs grabs Romy. Does Michelle tell them off? Not really. I hope that your babies look I like hope monkeys. Your babies look like monkeys. We didn't we're, get fat. We're not the ones that got fat. We're not the ones that got fat. 
Yeah, I hope your babies look like monkeys. I love it. I love it. Um, but yeah, they kind of they kind of like go to the go to the bathroom. They go to the ladies, and Romy's just defeated. She's like, "Fuck, man! Like I almost had it. This really sucks." And at that point, they're just like, "Fuck it, screw them! Like we're well, here." I really like this part with Michelle. Yeah, because Michelle tells Romy that I don't remember high school being that bad because yeah. I was with you. Yeah. I remember having we a blast had, in high I school. I had fun, yeah. And everything since high school has been a blast with you. Yeah. And if these people don't like it, fuck them. Yeah, she said, I never knew we weren't great. Yeah, that's what she tells Romy. And it's really, like, really great scene with yeah. Lisa Kudrow, and it kind of reminds you that really funny ladies or comedians can usually do drama really well. Yeah, for sure. And she plays that scene for real. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it just it just reminds me of the coat of many colors because you know young Dolly didn't know that they were poor until until her mm-hmm. evil schoolmates told her that she was when she wore the coat of many colors to school and they made fun of it in front of everybody. It's very much like that. Mm-hmm. I got that immediately. So yeah, so they decide to say, all right, fuck it, we're gonna change. We're gonna put in put on our clothes well, that we first made. Christie embarrasses them by calling them out in front of everyone. Because at first they're like, well, um, it was only like four people that we told this lie to, so who cares? Yeah, so who cares? And then Christy proceeds to tell the entire reunion yeah, about she this goes, stupid... She gets the podium for some About reason. this stupid scheme yeah, that yeah. they hatched. Yeah. Embarrasses even more. Yeah. And that's when they're going to have zero fucks. Yeah. They're going to go out to their car... I take it that Michelle just packed some spare dresses just in case. Well, it's a road trip. I mean, well, it's not a one-day drive. But I have a back. feeling that Michelle knew when she was packing. Mm-hmm. I think that she kind of, I think she kind of foresaw this. Sure. So she put okay. them in a suitcase just in case. Yeah. And so this is where we get our like cocktail waitress on the Starship Enterprise outfits. But they're still very cute. They're mini dresses. They're shiny. One's blue and one's pink. It's just the iconic, like, Romeo and Michelle. I think it's the poster. I'm sure that many drag Isn't queens... The, the look on the yeah, poster? It's, it's the poster. Um, I'm sure many, many drag queens have replicated this look. Yeah, well, you can definitely see, if you look at uh, last year's DragCon, you can look up uh, Izzy a she and maybe a girl uh, yeah, in this... That's right, they did it. ...in this look. They did it for DragCon, and I'm pretty sure they did it at Exposure, but uh, you can see it on... Uh, maybe a girl's Instagram. If you look up, maybe a girl spelled M A E B E. I really want to get her on the show. Okay, yeah, maybe a girl. If you're out there, come on our show. You're funny. She hosts Exposure Drag at the Offbeat Bar in Highland Park. It's every Monday. We'll try to get her on. We'll try to get her on. It's a fun show. You should go if you listen. If you listen in L A, you can make it out to the Offbeat on Monday night. Some fun local drag. There's some fun local drag. It's a it's a cute time. Um, and, and they did, they always do really out of the box drag looks, those two. And they did a really good, uh, Romeo and Michelle and the outfits, those dresses were probably handmade for them or by them. But, uh, now that they're back to their normal selves, they're comfortable in their skin and their clothes. They decide to go up to the A table and just really give them what for, uh, for once and for all in front of everybody. What the hell is your problem, Christy? Why are you always such a nasty bitch? You get some kind of sick pleasure from torturing other people? I mean, yeah, okay. So Michelle and I did make up some lame story. We only did it because we wanted you to treat us like human beings. But you know what I finally realized? I don't care if you like us, because we don't like you. 
You're a bad person with an ugly heart, and we don't give a flying fuck what you think. Thing. Come on, Michelle. Okay. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just needed that little button from Lisa Kudrow. So, okay. Romy and Michelle shine as, as individuals yes. to everyone once they stay true to themselves. Yes, and every all the girls in the in the reunion come up to them and they're just like, wow, those dresses are amazing, you know. And Romy's finally gives Michelle her due credit and she's like, mm-hmm. Michelle made these dresses. She made these outfits for us. And so kind of from, from the very beginning of the movie, it kind of shows you that these girls have this 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 level of creativity yeah there's something to them that like you know they're they do stand out they are able to like do something really cool and make something of, of themselves and they're, they're just they're not, not just as dumb. vapid or yeah, clueless exactly. as they might come across yeah they're not just too. these dumb girls they actually have something to offer and to give us and that's these, this really cool point of view and style and all of that super empowering too yeah for sure and uh, the real Sandy Frank comes in, and he actually did invent something, much like Heather. He invented this special kind of rubber that's in all these tennis shoes, and so he's super mega rich. And um, he's still chasing after he's Michelle. Still chasing after Michelle. And I love when uh, Janine looks at him. She's just like, "The fuck was I thinking? What the fuck was that? That's Sandy Frank. That's Sandy Frank. <laughs> yeah." That happens sometimes too. Somebody you had a crush on a long time ago. You look at him later on, and you're just like, "What the fuck?" Okay. Um, but yeah, he wants to dance, and they decide to to do it because something from this movie is that like what that everybody realizes is that they thought they had it so bad, they thought they had it terrible, but there's always somebody else that kind of had it just as bad as you did, and and they didn't realize that you had it bad at all. You know, well. You know, Romy and Michelle were being tortured by the A-table. Sandy really wanted Michelle, and Michelle kept rejecting him. So he felt really bad about himself, and he would reject Heather. And so Heather felt really bad about herself, Mm -hmm. and Heather would tell Toby to fuck off. And so Cameron Manham felt really bad about himself. And so everybody kind of, like, paid it backwards, you know, (laughs) to each other in high school. We were all just so shitty to each other then and just contributed to making everybody feel awful and everybody felt like shit in high school like nobody had a really great time so that's just something that this movie kind of illustrates and shows that like oh fuck i thought you had it made and i was like the one so they kind of realize that and and give and give sandy a dance an interpretive dance so it's done uh by it's they do it to time after time. Yes, I read that the song cost them two hundred and fifty thousand dollars to license the song. Well, that's probably a good portion of their budget went to this dance sequence. Yeah, and what's funny about the dance sequence is that it goes on a little too long <laughs> than than needed, and I guess yeah. that's the comedy. Um, Mira Sorvino, a really good dancer. Yeah. When you're watching it. Yeah, you can tell she's classically trained, and if you keep your eye on her, if you're not paying attention, it's just like, okay, whatever, this is the dance sequence. She's doing twirls. But yeah. She, pirouettes. She is bucking, and yeah, she's she's doing some stuff that's technically difficult, and if you look at Lisa Kudrow, she's kind of not given a lot they to do. They gave her simple little, simple little moves to simple do. Simple little things, couple little dips, couple little leg kicks, but... but 
Mira Sorvino is like turning it out and looks kind of amazing when you actually watch it and pay attention, which is kind of fun. And um, so what we find out some uh, earlier on, we forgot to mention earlier on, Romy walks in. She's like, oh, has anybody seen Billy Christensen? And somebody goes, check the bar. Check the bar. And she's, okay. okay. She's like, oh, there he is at the bar. Thanks, man. Um, yeah. But what we find out is that Billy is a drunk. He's not really in real estate. It's pretty he's, gross. He's working for Christie's dad. Christy, like Romy Michelle, had been kind of pulling off a whole lie. Yeah, of she how had, yeah, and the much jig, more glamorous her life was. And the jig is up. And the jig is up. Um. So Billy says that you know he's not happy. He's got like this fake beer belly hanging out of his shirt, and he's not happy. He like propositions Romy like oh didn't you used to be in love with me like let's go get a hotel room and also both him and Christy when they first see Romy immediately say you're the chubby girl or chubbo yeah yeah which sucks yeah a couple assholes (laughs) yeah because she's not fat anymore she totally looks like amazing Mira Sorvino in the 90s looks great you know but so she's like oh fuck like Billy's terrible like i don't want to fuck this gross guy he just puked in the bushes his face is all disgusting and she kind of gives him she gives him a taste of his own medicine she tells him go get that hotel room and i'm gonna meet you later and now he's gonna be sitting there waiting take off all your clothes and wait for me i'll be up there in five minutes five minutes (laughs) call him back to what he did to her at the prom exactly uh so now we're gonna take off we're gonna leave in sandy's helicopter (laughs) We leave um, Heather Mooney making out with the cowboy Justin Theroux. Yeah, the cowboy who turned out to be Justin Theroux. And I remember when I first figured that out, I was yes. like, that's Justin Theroux? Holy Probably shit. one of Justin Theroux's first big acting yeah, gigs big in a movie. Him. And uh, so Heather's making out with him. Uh, Romeo and Michelle leave with Sandy. They leave to uh, Heaven on Earth. To Heaven on Earth by Belinda Carlisle. And uh, the helicopter's flying away, and all the A-table girls are wearing... Everyone, maternity everyone mini comes dresses. out to see them lift off. Yeah, they yeah. get a they get like a a big they get exit a big send off, and they're wearing these maternity mini dresses, and it's windy, so the dresses go up, and their panties are showing everywhere. And Christy can't find Billy because he's waiting naked Billy, in the hotel where room. Are you? Yeah, so they so they kind of get theirs in the end, and I mean, it turns out that Sandy's gonna invest in these two because that's a that's a good investment for him. He's got plenty of money. Mm-hmm. So he invests in them, and they're able to open up a shop, which looks like Rodeo Drive. <laughs> I always kind of thought it was Abbott Kinney in Venice, but it looks more like Rodeo Drive. Yeah. Which maybe is overextending, but, you know, you never know. I like to think that they're in Abbott Kinney sure. in Venice. Yeah, that could work for for a Venice uh, little little boutique. And I like that still Heather is just in their lives. Yeah, Heather's they're just, just like, friends okay, with we're going to be friends now. Yeah, I live in L.A., Michelle, you're here. Michelle des- describes their relationship with Heather that they've that they've birthed this baby girl, but she smokes and says shit a lot. Says shit a lot. <laughs> the word shit, or she just talks shit. I think that she just says the word means shit. the word shit. Yeah, I think that's funny. Yeah, so now they've got this little boutique. They're selling their clothes that are designed by them. It's called Romeo Michelle's. They've got their own line. You know, they're working to pay Sandy back because clearly he loaned them money to like open the shop. And it's like they're happy and they get to live this. They get to live this life where they get to fold scarves all day yeah. and make money at it with your best friend. That yeah. sounds, that sounds fucking amazing. Yeah. 
Like they probably should hire like girls to like work the cash register, but they'll just do it. They're Romeo and Michelle. Yeah. Do you think there was talk of a television show? Well, there actually was sort of a television show that the screenwriter wrote and it didn't make it past a pilot and it was an ABC fam they parlayed it into an ABC family movie. And it was Romeo and Michelle? It was Romeo and <gasps> Michelle oh, the beginning. With 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 Catherine Heigl. Catherine Heigl. Oh. I think that she's Michelle. Oh, I don't know who the Romy is. No, I think Catherine Heigl's Romy. Oh, So God. they attempted to do it, and it didn't quite work. No, that's awful. So where do you think Romy and Michelle are now in 2019? <laughs> if you're to like, catch up with them today. Imagine that they are still pretty successful with their line. They still have their clothing store. I don't know if they talk to Sandy anymore. They for sure still talk to Heather Mooney. They paid Sandy back. They've got their clothing store. They've got like, they've got like a big Instagram presence. Yeah, I could see them being having a pretty big Instagram life going on. Yeah, they've got a big Instagram presence. They've got this. I bet their live stories would be really, really funny. <laughs> Just following what these two are doing every day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they're just being successful, living their lives, being actual business women. Yeah. Having business lunches. They don't need no man. No. I think, yeah, I think that they that they are actual, like, real savvy businesswomen because it's been, a f- it's been a couple of years and they've been, you know, you, to keep a store afloat, you got to have a good head on your shoulders business-wise. And I think they, I think they flourished and thrived. I That's think so, I too. Think. Yeah. So why do you think this movie has such a big gay following? It's funny. There's like awesome costumes. It's got great speeches. It's super quotable. It's a very rapid pace yeah. movie that resonates with gay men because I think that I mean our community do do feel like outsiders. Romeo oh, and Michelle man, definitely yeah. feel like There's outsiders. That so much. All the stuff about high school and where they were and where they are and wanting to prove themselves to their to their classmates and to their bullies and all of that that sort of wish fulfillment thing definitely feeds into oh, totally yeah that's like perfect match and even without that these great performances by those two it's such just, funny it's ladies super endearing and they're so there's it's just really well done it's just so well done and yeah like i was mentioning earlier it's kind of a bummer that i feel like this movie would not get made by a major studio today i mean yeah, it's just not it's a little I, too unique yeah, I mean, also just making a an original comedy that's feel like female driven. Even though we have stuff like Bridesmaids, which has proved to be super successful, but these movies don't come out no, like, there's come like, around that much. No, there's like three of them that you can like talk. You which know. I feel like the last thing that maybe had the success of this movie, or I mean, more success because it was a bigger hit theatrically, possibly Girls Trip. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking of Girls Trip too. It was like so along the same lines. But yeah, not a lot, not a lot uh, to offer out there when it comes to these kind of like female buddy comedies. I mean, we had our, we've got, uh, we've got the, the spy who dumped me, our new outrageous fortune, <laughs> which is our new outrageous, fortune. a movie we will get to, <laughs> outrageous fortune, not the spy who dumped me. Uh, we could get to the spy who dumped me. I love we Kate could. McKinnon. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's a couple they come out every now and then. They're never huge hits, but you know. 
But yeah, there's just something about this movie that little gay boys just love seeing. That you can just watch over and over. Yeah, just two gals on the go, just living their life, you know? I mean, I still think about Romy Michelle whenever we go out to, like, Precinct or the Eagle. Because it's like, what other, what other like, people, like, married couples are just going out? I still think about like Romy and Michelle every time I look my, look at myself in the mirror and think, I can't believe how cute I look. This is like the cutest we've ever looked. It's like the cutest we've ever looked, which is happens a lot, you guys. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> and I'm not being conceited. I'm just being honest. <laughs> 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 oh, man. So, yeah. So, that's Romy Michelle. Is there anything yeah. else you want to add? Um, I think we covered it all. I think we covered it all. This yeah. movie... I hold very dear to my heart. Yes, indeed. I will watch it until the day that I die. <laughs> and I don't think I'm the Mary or the Rhoda because I just don't have that much of a connection to that show. But <laughs> uh, you're I, definitely you're definitely the Heather Mooney. I'm the Heather Mooney. That's you think true. that you think that you're like a Romeo and Michelle, but you're actually the Heather Mooney. <laughs> That's true. That's probably true. But I uh, hey, I wear that with the badge of honor. I love Janine. I love you, Janine. Come on our show. <laughs> you helped make us gay. Um, well, boys and girls, thanks for listening. This is thank this you is for the listening to our show. very first episode. Yay. How exciting! You made it. You can, um, if you don't already subscribe, subscribe. Hit subscribe on iTunes and also uh, hit the star that's all the way to the right. That's the fifth star. So you give us five stars. Don't forget to. Follow us on Instagram. Yes. Movies That Made Us Gay. At Movies That Made Us Gay. I'll probably be posting a lot ranking the outfits of this movie. Oh, yeah, for sure. For our first post. That'll be on the Instagram. And, um, yeah, follow us on Instagram. you can also send us an email if you'd like. If you have any questions, if you have any movies that you'd like us to talk about, we are at movies that made us gay at gmail.com. Um, if you just want to say, Hey, what's up? Send us, uh, send us a, an email, send us a DM on Instagram and, um, yeah, no, there's not an only fans. You're going to have to wait for that. You can maybe <laughs> send us a dick pic if you want. <laughs> Feel free. It's 2019 and the internet is alive and well. So plenty of ways to send dick pics. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, guys. Tune in next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.